I'm Novak Djokovic. The Kiwi Tennis Podcast with Dave Worsley and Tom Cross. Spain reign again. Davis Cup champions for the fifth time. Playing in front of his king, Rafa crowns this final with his second win. Superb. The last match of the year, and surely one of the best. Welcome along to the Kiwi Tennis Podcast, the last podcast of the year, and we've just had the Davis Cup 2011 and Spain beating Argentina, Dave, in Seville. Yeah, I said Argentina just to annoy you, but um, it didn't kind of come down to it, really. It came down to the final day. It was very close. Although the score was 3-1 to Spain, it was a lot closer on um, on performance than on paper. Yeah, I mean, Nadal winning easily on day one and uh, Monaco really giving him due credit for that. And uh, yeah, well, that was a thrashing. And then Ferrer playing very well, as you'd expect him to play very well. When yeah. does he not play very well? That was the crucial rubber, wasn't it? Because yeah. if Argentina had won that, they I think they were, knew they were favourites for the doubles. So you think going into Sunday's reverse uh, rubbers and you think they're leading 2-1, then they've got a good chance. And then the uh, the guy with the cool name, Schwank, uh, came in with Nalbandi. And, and, and Schwank, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, uh, to beat Vadasco and Lopez. But Schwank was actually, he reached the Roland Garros doubles final this year, so he's a, oh, he's, he's a very he's, he's, good, useful doubles player. Yeah. I did catch a bit of that game too, and him and Nalbandian played excellent yeah. doubles. And Vadasco was terrible. Yeah, well, yeah. He continued I mean, his trend of being appalling tennis this season, but um, they those two played really, really good tennis. They were so aggressive at the net. Now, what happened with uh, Nadal against Del Potro? It was apparently a fantastic game. I didn't. I only saw a couple of minutes. One of the best games of the year, I'd say. And um, Del Potro was on fire from the start. Six won the first set. He lost the first game. Nadal broke him. Six games on the trot. Wow. Second set, he won. The, he broke Nadal. Was a break up, forty love up on his serve, and then Nadal broke back. That was the turning point in that match. Amazing stuff. Uh, Nadal really loves to fight for Davis Cup. And then he announced that he won't be playing next year because, okay, I can understand with the Olympics in the year as well. That's, I mean, he wants to do well. He's defending champion in there. I can understand to a certain extent. And that's created a whole lot of arguments between a whole lot of senior journalists around the world who are bitching and moaning about it. Oh, my goodness. How important is the Davis Cup? Should the Davis Cup be changed? Yeah, I mean, you get that every year. The Americans say, oh, it should be changed. You know, we didn't get to see the final. You know, it doesn't do much here. Well, you know, whoopee. Uh, Look at the Spanish people. They were loving it. And the the, Argentinian fans there. The Football World Cup doesn't do much in the States either. Let's change that. Get rid of it. You know, let's change it. Put it into a, you know, blah, blah, blah. I like the prestige and the tradition of the the event. It's been around for over 100 years. It needs to be altered a little. But we should remember that because something doesn't necessarily work as well as we'd like in one country doesn't mean it doesn't work well in the rest of the world. That's it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Hitler didn't work too well in some countries. Okay, let's not no, talk okay. about him. Let's, back to tennis, Dave. <laughs> Are you going to take that out, eh? <laughs> I think I added that, yeah. But you look at the, the fans in Seville, it was, it was fantastic. The noise in that Olympic stadium was incredible. And a few times the umpire had to had to say um, to even the away fans. Yeah, it was know, pretty good, though. I mean, uh, the umpire did sort of let them be themselves without yeah. saying, no, come on, please, no, shut up. That sort of thing. It was actually, you know, let the atmosphere... Well, let the atmosphere create itself. Yeah. There's one point I did notice in, in the Nadal-Delpo game. 
that um, he's second serve. The first serve, I think, was a net cord. There's about two minutes of cheering in between from the Spanish fans. It's on. It wasn't cool. a break point, but he was he was trying. He was serving for the fourth set because Nadal was a break up in that fourth set, and Delpo came back. He broke him and then broke again and was serving at five three for the set to force a fifth set decider. And of course, that's when Nadal played his best tennis. Kind of cool though, isn't it? And that's kind fantastic. Of, kind of cool how uh, Spain. How many times have they won the Davis Cup? It's fourth now. Four uh, times. Five times, and guess who's been in it four times. Nadal. Yeah. But he didn't play the first time, did he? He was only no. on he's in the in the squad but not a player. Yeah. It's his third actual playing Davis Cup title. Yeah. And he looked pretty happy. And here he is with Davis Cup captain Albert Costa chatting to Barry Caron and Chris Bowers. Have you seen a performance like that before? Well it was an unbelievable match, uh, unbelievable level, so they played a really good match and and especially in the Davis Cup uh, final and also uh, these guys are so good and and that's why we are here in the in the final, no? Well, it was a remarkable start from Del Potro, tough for Rafa. What was the, the key at the beginning of his second set? Anything you said to Rafa or just something that he found inspiration? Well, he was, he was trying to play deeper and, uh, and a, a bit harder because at the beginning uh, Del Potro was, was all the time inside of the line, hitting so hard. And, uh, well, and he was fighting all the time, so that's why he won. And finally, what about the crowd here? Well, the crowd was fantastic. Also, the Argentinian they were supporting his team uh, so, so, so good. And, uh, well, uh, very, very happy for these guys. Uh, they deserve everything. Albert, your third year at Davis Cup, second time you've won it. How does this compare with two years ago? Well, it's uh, different, no? Uh, I think in 2009 was a bit more clear and here was very, very, very close. This match uh, was at the beginning, he was, Del Potro was playing so good, but Rafa is Rafa and, uh, and he's a winner, so he won the match and, and the time. How did you turn Raf around after that first hour and 20 minutes when he could hardly get a ball in? Yeah, well, uh, I was trying to, to keep him in, in the court, to believe in the, in the victory still and, uh, and try to, to make him play a bit more deeper, but it was tough at the beginning, yeah. And how does this compare, do you think, where does this leave Rafa? Because he's been complaining about being tired, but that was a brilliant performance today. Well, I, th I, I, th I think he played a really good match and, and it's not easy to win at Davis Cup final in, in Spain playing brilliant so I think he did a great effort thanks so much Rafa that was quite an incredible performance yeah it was a very very emotional man I'm very happy for everything probably is the most amazing atmosphere that I ever played so thank you very much all the crowd in Spain supported us crazy and the Argentinian crowd makes this final really really special now so very happy for everything uh, it's the perfect Remarkable turnaround as well. How did you do it? Yeah, it was was a very complicated moment at the beginning of the of the of the match, especially after that three first games and later uh, the beginning of the second was really important. No, I had the chance to come back after the 1-0, 4-0. Uh, that was the the key of the match, in my opinion. Congratulations to you to, to you and your team. Thank you, Rafa. It's your fourth time you won the Davis Cup, but the first time you've hit the winning shot. How important was that for you? Oh, very, the perfect way to finish the season, so very happy for everything. The, the atmosphere is really, really unbelievable, so thank you very much, all the Spanish crowd, all the Argentinian crowd that makes the, this confrontation really, really special and unforgettable. And how did you turn that match around after dropping the first uh, seven of the first eight games? Well, it was very, very important, the, the second game of the, of the second set. No? He was winning 1-0 with break, 40 love, and I had the chance to come back. That, that game I had the break back and 
after that, the, the match was more equal. No, since that moment, he was playing unbelievable, and for me, it was very difficult. Thank you. The Kiwi Tennis Podcast. One thing I really like what he did, he went and said, um, congr- well, not congratulations, but he went and um, said thanks to all the Davis Cup team first before he celebrated with his own squad, yeah. which I thought was a really nice well, gesture. Yeah, he, he went over and gave uh, Del Potro a hug. Yeah, he was in you, tears, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, and I, I think that was really great. And that photo went around the world of, yeah. uh, hey, here's some sportsmanship. He went over there and said, hey, you know, he hugged the whole team. Match. He went down the yeah. whole line of the Argentinian squad and hugged them all yep. before he went to his own team. Some people still say, oh, that's pre-rehearsed. Well, who cares? You know, He could have just said, hey, up yours, I won. Screw you. Yeah. And then uh, carried on. And uh, well, Dasco would have done the same, would he? Let's be honest. No, no. There's a few players that wouldn't have done that uh, in a lot of different places, actually. So um, bad luck there for Argentina. They've had a couple of uh, interesting ones of late uh, where they disintegrated. And now they are... Uh, Runs yeah. up yet again. Now, Bandian, that's three times, or twice or three times now he's been on the losing side. I think he's desperate to win this. There was rumours that if Argentina had won, well, he, I think he would have played the fifth rubber against Ferrer if it had yeah. made it that far. If they'd won, I think he would have retired. Yeah, yeah, probably. But now he'll play on next season. <laughs> um, now, is this unfair, Dave? Now, the Argentinians were drugs tested on Friday morning at 6am before the first rubber. Is it fair to drugs test them then before the first game happened? Well, they would have just been getting home from uh, dinner anyway. But now that that's, I guess drug testing isn't about being fair, but it's about, uh, yeah. If you had to test them at 10 o'clock, yep. what's the difference? It's not going to go out of the system, whatever potential something could have been in there. I mean, uh, everybody knows the Argentines are not these players, uh, but Argentine players have gone through well, there's been a lot of them that have been banned for we all sorts of things. We talked in our last podcast, yeah, yeah about Chela, I mean, for Chela, example. Hood, yeah. uh, Puerta, um, there's been... Canyas. Yeah, yeah, there's been a heap of them. But um, my, my point was, was it fair to do it then, before the first game? Yeah. Could it have waited to... I mean, 6am is just kind of stupid. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the, the drug testers going, ha, 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 we can do whatever we want. Well, But apparently the Spanish also got tested on Sunday morning at 6am, so maybe that... It's, 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 it's kind of a bit silly, though. I mean, you know, wait until 9 or whatever, you know, yeah. just... But, that's, that, that's Considering just, I mean, they weren't playing until th- I think the first rubber started at 2 p.m. local time. Right. So, you know, that's, that's pretty oh. early. And, but Chayla didn't play in the end. <laughs> yeah, kind of funny, huh? Okay. It's, yeah, yeah well. I'm not saying anything, but um, yeah. <laughs> he was in the original doubles team. And then, oh, okay, rightly replaced by Swank in the end. Yeah. Because Swank played really well. Um, but yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll speak to uh, the uh, man in charge of WADA, David Hellman, the Kiwi, uh, who used to be in charge of Tennis New Zealand. Uh, and we'll have a bitch and a moan to him, shall we? Okay. Yeah, we'll get him on the right. phone next time. Yeah. Okay, so the Davis Cup next year, the first round ties are in February, and we just talk about New Zealand first of all. They play Uzbekistan, Dave. Yeah, February uh, ten to twelve. So uh, we played Uzbekistan uh, this year, lost them in um, Naman Khan or somewhere like that, some ridiculous place that even the Uzbeks didn't know where it was in their Not own country. Tashkent. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't Tashkent, and it wasn't Samarkand or uh, Fagana or uh, Bukhara. Uh, it was somewhere smaller than all of those, which is kind of weird. Now this is World Group One. Or Group 1, uh, as they call it. Asia, Oceania, Group 1. Yeah. Uh, so now it's playing them again in the first round for the second year in a row, this time in New Zealand. Yeah. And um, had some tough times against them of late. It will be in Tauranga in New Zealand, which is three hours south of uh, Auckland. Uh, nice uh, city, aside from the oil slick that uh, the... Uh, the nice boat falling yeah, boat over. That ran yeah, ground, we won't um, talk about that. Decided to go cross-country. And, uh, yeah, Tauranga is a good place uh, where they'll be playing at a bay park by the beach. Um, yeah, it's a relatively new venue, and they'll do a good job. 
So we're hoping Dennis Isterman gets injured at the Aussie Open so he can't play. I'll go and kick him in the shins. Yeah, um, he's not playing in Auckland, is he, at the Heineken Open? No. So we're hoping he has some kind of injury at the uh, Aussie Open, f- meaning that he won't play. And I yeah. think then the Kiwis have got a great chance. Yeah, if Isterman plays. I mean, he's a top 100 player. So he'll win both singles, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's that's the way it is. Yeah, he's too um, good. I mean, he wasn't, uh, you know, he's one of those players who, like uh, the Kazakhs, uh, the Uzbeks can call on some Russian-type people. Yeah, well... And that's, that's the way it is. I mean, that's the way the country is. So uh, it's sort of Russian, it's Uzbek, it's uh, whatever. And uh, Isman is a very good player, so hopefully New Zealand can do uh, you know, can do better. They didn't do too well up there last time. Um, the Kiwis, in their form of late, Adam Seatak, Mike Venus, and uh, Ruben Statham, no, it's been mixed. It really hasn't been... They haven't really pushed on, have they? Since no. the um, since no. the Davis Cup against the Philippines, no. they they really in. haven't, and uh, that's uh, disappointing. Yeah, but they, but they played as a, they played t- together as a really good squad back mm-hmm. then. But this was quite this what six months ago now. Yeah, July. Yeah, if, yeah. So you, you think these guys should have pushed on from them? They went to the yeah. states and they had okay, okay results, but nothing spectacular. No, that's been a bit disappointing. Uh, the other uh, matches though in the world group. Well, we've got Spain. Um, where are they playing? They're at home. Yep. Against uh, Kazakhstan. I uh, imagine that would be on clay. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but you think... The Kazakhs aren't that bad. No, uh, well, they've got um, Golibev. They've yep. got... Um, who else now? He's moved across... They've been there for... Um, Korolev. Three years, I think, now. Anyone else with a Lev? Anything with a Lev or of. Yeah. Uh, then it's uh, Russia against uh, Austria in Austria. So Austria, home tie there. Uh, who they got there? Malta. Yep, Meltzer. Uh, yeah, they've got a few other guys there, a couple of doubles players as well. Not Thomas Muster. He's no, he's no longer playing. No, no exactly. Uh, yeah. Andreas Heidemaurer, who's who's not bad, more of a challenger-level player. He's he's probably in the squad. Okay, but who is the top Russian player? Top-ranked Russian singles player. There you go. See if you can go Isn't he? Uh, yeah. Isn't he? He's dropped Carrie, down. He didn't have a, the best year. There's another Russian player. Well, okay, if you include Alex Bogomolov Jr., who yes. moved from the States, he exactly. would be, yeah. He, he's the he top was player. the ATP most improved player of last year. Yeah, he's the top player, apparently, in the rankings, yeah. if we uh, had a look on those. So, so he'll be playing for Russia against Austria? In theory. Well, he should be. Well, that's why he moved. He yeah. moved to play Davis Cup, yeah. as he never got in the American squad. Yeah. Although maybe now he would probably be in the squad, because yeah. the US will play Switzerland in Switzerland. Roger Federer has confirmed he's playing. That's going to be on clay. And um, that's going to be a big tie. You think Sam Query not quite fit yet? He's he just returned to the circuit back in November. John Isner most likely will play. Marty Fish, Marty Fish. and Roddick probably not. Maybe. Yeah, I mean you've got the Bryan brothers there, and then you sort of start looking down to Donald Young. Yeah, you do. And Ryan so, Sweeting. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a three-two. Yep. I don't know who to. Okay. I we've hope got Switzerland, Canada, obviously. indoors. Um, in February against France. That's a tough time for France. I'll give a go because, uh, you know, you have the French guys, uh, Monfils, well, you never know where he is uh, in all sorts of, you know, head-wise, physical. Um, yeah, he's starting... Milos Raonic indoors. He had a great indoor season yeah, the start Songa, of last who, year. Songa could be a little bit tired by then. I mean, there's a few other Frenchies that can play. Obviously, they've got great doubles Gilles combinations. Simon, yeah, you got Michael Gilles Lodger. Yeah, a um, couple of good doubles guys. But you've got Danny Nesta as well for Canada, who's yeah, exactly. what, He'll probably the second... 45 years old and still going. Yeah, well, he won the World he's Tour Finals. 39, but uh, that doesn't Max matter. Murnie. So he's, uh, he's one of the top doubles players in the world. So you think it's going to be tough for the... Uh, and also, 
Uh, it's going to be tough for the French to beat the Canadians. Also on the Canadian team, you've got Frank Danchevich yep. and uh, Pospisil, uh, that's how you yes. say his name. Yeah, there's some interesting names there. The young Canadian. guy, he, he had a, a good tournament in America last year. So there's some good players. I think Canada could possibly sneak that, depending how well Milos Raonic plays. Uh, Czech Republic have got the home tie against Italy. Uh, Czech Republic there. Can't see them losing that one, yep. no. Uh, Serbia against Sweden. And Serbia, yeah, great. They give it to them. I guess it depends if Robin Sotling plays, if he's back. Well, even then, I don't think it depends at all. I mean, you look at uh, that Serbian they, team isn't too bad. Yeah, but the doubles, the Swedes have got two good doubles players. Yeah, but they've only got one singles player. <laughs> yeah, but if he wins both of the singles, if he beats Djokovic. Uh, no. Unlikely, no. but you never no, know. No, Serbia, no chance in hell. Okay. Uh, Japan against Croatia. Um... In Japan. Yeah. Not a terribly inspiring encounter. Well, surely you've got to favour the, the yeah. Croatians. Yeah, you got to... Insp- yeah. Depends favor- how well Nishikori plays. Yeah, exactly. So, and he'll be... In, he'll, he will play. Uh, Germany at home against Argentina. That's a tough tie for Argentina as well. Cause yeah, that's I, a first I can't imagine that would be a clay court surface. The Germans will probably play on hard court or maybe indoor grass yeah. at Halle. As a first-up tie, that's a tough one, but you'd still suspect that the Argentines should win that. I'm going for Germany. You're silly. Um, <laughs> okay. Says the man who predicted Argentina would win the Davis oh, Cup I just for did that this to annoy year. you. Okay, well, let's talk about the Australian Open wildcard playoffs, which are happening in Melbourne this week. They started on December the 6th, which was yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday, December the 7th. Um, now, we've had... Um, no real shock results yet. Most of the seeds are making their way through to the semi, uh, to the quarterfinals. You've got Greg Jones, the top seed. And one of the guys who's been talked about quite a lot by Darren Cahill, young um, Australian by the name of Benjamin Mitchell, Dave. He's, yeah, he's, he's decent. He's done very well in the futures uh, circuit over in Australia of late. Yeah, he's been playing very well. He's yeah. up against James Duckworth in the quarterfinal, who's also had a good year on the futures yep. circuit. He's a fifth-seeded player. But uh, Marinko uh, Matusevich... His uh, second seed, he's decent. I'd put him in there. I would have given him a wild card anyway. Yeah, we were talking before about him. We, were, we thought it's a bit unfortunate that he didn't get a wild card, considering he's the uh, fourth-ranked Australian yeah. in the world behind Tomic yeah, Hewitt Tomich, and uh, Ebden. Yeah, Tomic, Ebden, Hewitt. Um, yeah, uh, is a good player. And he's, he deserves a reward of being solid. And uh, he, he's not going to be spectacular, but he's going to be a solid player for them in Davis Cup, etc. So um, he's been around for a while too, isn't he? Yeah, he's just he's not a young guy. Through. It was like Ebden has been around for a little while as well. And yeah, Ebden's twenty-eight. Yeah, and same for Marinko. So um, yeah, interesting there. So that playoff there, you'd expect to see Marinko against either Mitchell or uh, Greg Jones in the final of that one. I would concur with that. I think that's a good prediction, Dave. And we'll find out. I think the final was on Saturday or Sunday Australian time. Um, and then we'll probably know next week who's going to get that draw. This is the good thing about this is they get a wild card into the Aussie Open first round. It's not for the qualifiers. So I think even if you're a runner-up, you might get given a wild card qualifier. So, you know, it's it's a lot to play for for these guys. And good money as well. You know, you get a first round appearance. 17,000 Australian or something like that in the first yeah, I think round. think US. Well, Australian's better now. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you've won Australian dollars. Good yep. point, yeah. In January, I think the 1st of January, the ASB Classic starts. This year we've got Venus Williams, Sabine Lasicki, Peng Shui returning, Julia Gerges returning, Kuznetsova returning, Panetta coming back, she was here two years ago. Yanina uh, Wickmeyer, our least liked favourite player, is yeah. also returning, and Greta Arn, the defending champion. I think the thing is, uh, which they've missed at the ASB Classic about promoting how many of the players 
um, actually have done well in Grand Slams over the last few years. Because like um, basically, obviously Venus, uh, Sabino semifinals, uh, Pong Shui's made a, a quarterfinal, yep. uh, Gurgis has made a quarter maybe or come close. Because uh, Nesva two-time winner, Panetta has been a semifinal, uh, Wickmeyer has been a semifinalist. Um, then also the German woman who made these semis at uh, US Open this year, who no one had heard of. Um, so the, you know, and then there was a couple of others. Exactly, it's just coming to me now. Um, but there's, and I went through the list there as well, and there's about two or three others who have all yep. made quarters or semis. And what they should be promoting is the strength that, hey, we've got Grand Slam depth here. We've got obviously two winners of Grand Slams. Um, it's a good field. It's yeah, a strong yeah. field. It's, it's, it doesn't have anybody higher than 15. Yeah. Uh, Sabina Siki is 15 in the world. There's a lot of depth, though, of how many people could win it. Mm. And that, that's really great. Of course, uh, Marina... We saw last year Greta Arm winning it. Yeah. Who would have picked her from the beginning yeah. of the tournament with Sharapova as top seed? Yeah, I mean, she hardly even made it into the tournament. She was like the last person in. Uh, also, Marina Rakovic will be in directly main draw as well. So that's another good thing. And there. Sasha Jones, too. I um, also, yeah, Yelena Dokic is in there. Another one made semifinals at Wimbledon. Very true. So, you know, there's all these players that... There should be info coming out all the time. Unfortunately, they're not doing that... Um, yeah, which is a real shame. They've got uh, a number of players who have been in the top 10 or very close to it as well. You're right. You need to promote those guys who've done well, uh, girls even, who've done well on the big scene, yeah. on the Grand Slam. It doesn't matter that they won the ASP Classic before so much or whatever. It's more about saying, hey, Dokic, semi-finalist at uh, Wimbledon, beat uh, uh, Martina Hingis and made it through as a real young kid. And um, Lasicki too, semi-finalist yeah, at Wimbledon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you yeah. see, so look at that. You look at Wickmeyer, semi-finalist US Open. Uh, Panetta, semi-finalist US Open. Yeah. Uh, the girl who, whose name we can't remember, who did really well this year the heck a German Kerber. girl Angelique Kerber Angelique Kerber yep there you go and I mean because she shouldn't have done that. how she did it well good on her she played brilliantly she didn't play on uh, the main court she didn't even know where it was no she didn't no <laughs> <laughs> I mean crazy things like that so um, and also the um, the complex has been made every day hasn't it it's been upgraded there's been a new leisure centre built in and how the, have the courts changed no um, it's been upgraded to a certain extent two stands are not upgraded and are still basically downgraded um, yeah I think we'll leave it at that okay and on the men's side the Heineken Open which starts the week after we've got David Ferrer the world number five yeah two guys in the top ten the there Ferrer and champion. Um, yeah well he's won a number of times now yeah, this will be twice, uh, twice already yep. uh, Ferrer and Almagro both in the top ten last time they had two in the top ten I think was 2007 and that was Ancic and Robredo I think it was 07 uh, also other people there Vadasco people say oh Vadasco's coming I'm like yeah. And you saw how bad he played yeah. in last Videsco's season. Vedesco's coming, Vedesco's going. See you later. Well, you know, this could be the start of a good year for him if he plays well at this event. Yeah. Do you remember sure. him at the Aussie Open in 2009? Yeah. He was, was fantastic. Two, yeah, but hang on, that was 2009. And then 2010 was average and 2011 was below average. Yeah, it was, yeah. But he needs to turn his game around and this could be the event for well, him. Well, he's basically playing in Spain. We've got Juan Monaco from yeah. the um, Davis Cup yeah, the Argy, losing yeah. team, the Argies. Uh, he's he's here with it's Thomas Spanish Bellucci. Tournament. Well, it is Thomas Bellucci. You've got a South African, Kevin Anderson, returning. Yeah. Uh, Donald Young, uh, probably one of the best-tipped young Americans, along with Ryan Harrison, who's also in the draw. Uh, Ferrero and Kohlschreiber are both returning yeah. for about their millionth. Uh, yeah, Kohlschreiber, I think, is up to about eight. And um, Ferrero still hasn't won it, been runner-up. Well, the first final I saw here when I came to New Zealand was Kohlschreiber-Ferrero, and it was yeah. a great final. Yeah, I think I 2007. Mean, Ferrero, I uh, had to go and get him for the interview after that, and uh, he'd been crying because he was so upset he hadn't won for three years or thereabouts. And uh, he was fantastic, though, to deal with. Uh, yeah. Lovely guy. Gentleman. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Plays up to the crowd, love it. Um, oh, there's some... Uh, I think for a lot of people are saying, hey, why are we just getting the same guys, same guys, same guys? There's nothing new there uh, other than Donald Young. 
Well, the one guy I'm looking forward to seeing is actually a former, I think he was a finalist, Uh, Fernando Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's on the way back on a um, protected ranking, so Gonzo's back. So the the former winners there, we've got Cole Schreiber, we've got Faria, uh, Gonzo, and who's my other one? There's four of them there, and I've totally missed the other one. Uh, Anyway, we'll get there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's basically a Spanish-speaking tournament. On hardcore, not clay. Yeah. Who would have thought that? Well, at this time of the year, and they seem to like it and seem to... Um, or, well, you know that if um, Ferrer and Romagro come, half the other guys are coming. Then you've got well, Robredo's the coming as well. Yeah, and Robredo. He's the other former champ. There you go. Okay. Um, so I answered your question for yeah, you, exactly. even what though I've... you've worked at the tournament for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Gonzalez, I'm looking forward to seeing him play because I've never watched him. Actually, no, I have seen him play live before. Ooh. And he hits the ball incredibly hard. Yeah, he beat uh, Rockus in the final. Just, you know, here you go. This little dude was just getting... Pummeled, pummeled yeah. yeah. It wasn't, yeah, the scoreline wasn't too bad, but it was just a bashing. Yeah. It was just a pummeling, a bashing, and it was like, wow. On his day, he's really impressive, but he's been, yeah. he's had the bad injuries last year, so. Yeah. Or this he hasn't year, this year, really played um, for a very long time at a competitive level, so uh, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see him to take on there. So well, he played um, Aussie Open, he lost to Dolgopolov, and then I think he returned just before Roland Garros and played yeah. two events and then got well, injured again. You've got to remember his best ever in Grand Slam, or one of his best, was at the Aussie Open as well. Yeah, uh, lost to Federer, 2006. Yeah, exactly. So, um, or seven. Or one Either of those. or. One of those. He's um, a good player. He beat Nadal that year too. He's a very good player, so who, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Who is going to, or who would you like to win the Aussie Open? Girl and guy. Uh, Aussie Open for the girls, Kvitova. Yep. For the guys, Federer. Is that who you'd like to win, or you think is going to win? I think we'll win. Okay, who would you like to win? Same. Okay. I want those two at number one. Vitova as number one and the females would be a great leader because she's won two yep. Grand Slams. And unlike Wozniacki, who I do like Wozniacki, don't get me wrong, she's a great player, but she just needs to get over that mental edge. Like Andy Murray, yep. she needs to prove herself at the highest level. Okay, so fearless predictions um, that Kvitova will make number one and win another one or two Grand Slams. I believe that Lissiki will be in the top 10 very shortly. Yep. She's at 15 already and um, she'll get there no problem. Uh, Gerges will continue to not do as well as she should. Kuznetsova, yeah, she's going to still be around about the 20 to 30. Yeah, she's a bit... Maybe break back into the top 20 briefly and then, yeah. Um, of other players, ooh, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I, I've got to agree with you with Kvitova. Federer at the moment is the man to beat. Yeah. Uh, we shall see what happens there. Uh, yeah, it's, a bit, it's still quite a while now to, to those Open and a lot yeah. of momentum can be lost by then. But yeah. I think he knows this is his best year. Yep. next year to get back to number one Novak's got all those points to defend yep. Rafa's probably slightly more confident now after winning Davis Cup yep. and, but you think the start of the year can really be a huge boost for that those Olympics coming up in July yeah well that's the thing for Federer he obviously wants to win every Grand Slam but then having the Olympics at Wimbledon is a huge thing for him Yeah, he fancies his chances more than ever at Wimbledon uh, whether it's the actual Wimbledon tournament or whether it's uh, I think he'd rather win the Olympics at Wimbledon than than not win the Olympics. Yeah. I think he would rather sacrifice losing Wimbledon and then win the Olympics two weeks later or whatever it is. I think it's pretty close between the two events. Um, But I think Aussie Open, he does play really well on that court. It's a very fast court. It all depends on the draw. Yeah. You've got danger men um, outside the top 32 seeds and you just don't know who's going to cause a shock. I, I can see a shock happening. I can't see the top four making the semis this time. I think a shock will happen early on. Okay. And it'll be refreshing because last this year was great in terms of the top four dominating, but I would like to see someone else come in, whether that's Songa, Ferrer, someone else really push in there and you know cause some upsets. 
Can't really see Ferrer doing too much damage because, uh, I mean, he's going to be around about four to five to six, no problem. He beat Rafa. Yeah, uh, but, I, but, last I, year. but I can't see him um, having the strength to actually win a slam. Oh, I completely agree. And whereas Songer yeah. can. Songer almost did, or came close at um, you know the Aussie Open where he went down to Djokovic and where Djokovic's parents and brother were a bunch of jerks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's have a little look. Uh, anything else that we think could come up in the first part of the year? I think Davis Cup would be important for Federer um, if Switzerland beat the USA because that's another one he wants to yeah. achieve. Nadal's obviously not playing next year. Djokovic will want to do well with Serbia because it's so important to him. Um, they obviously played in February, as we discussed earlier. Um, apart from that, not really, no. It's the Aussie Open and then after then Indian Wells at the end of end of Feb, mm, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got that big gap. I think Federer's confirmed he's playing in Rotterdam this year, the 500 events in wow. February indoor. Richard Krychek's tournament. Yeah, well, he's now he's supporting Krychek for. Uh, no, he's the not AT- supporting Krychek. No, no, I thought there was Nadal's not supporting Krychek, um, but Federer is. I thought it was the other way around. You might be right though. One of them is, and one of them. Yeah, isn't. they they apparently they had a chat at the O2 about, um, you know, trying to agree on, on who should be the CEO, and they disagreed on Krychek. Uh-huh. I think Krychek would be refreshing for the tour as a leader. Yeah. Being someone if, who's if, been a tournament director yeah. and been a former player. If, he, if he's got a strong number two. A number two guy behind him and uh, Mark Cooper and a few of the others um, do you like Brad Jewett oh I dealt with him a lot he used to be my boss yeah so because he's also going for it too would it, would, could he be number two behind Krychek or would he not go for that oh, I don't know it depends I, I, you know they've got to look at quite a few aspects of it and um, you know there's always this thing of oh shorten the tour well you know our opinions are shorten your own um, shorten your own off tour um, rather than uh, you know, shorten the actual tournaments. You know, be smart about how you play. Yeah, it's great to have you at different tournaments, but also be smart about your exhibitions. That's well, that's what's happening now on the WTA Tour. They finished, what, a month ago, and now they're playing exhibitions. Yeah. You had Serena and Venus playing in Italy over the weekend with Panetta and Schiavone. Yeah. You had Wozniacki playing in Bratislava. Yeah. with um, And then impersonating Serena Williams. Which is rather funny, actually, I did oh, think. Yeah. And then she I was dancing so. with, um, what's it, what's it, what's it called? Sibylkova. Sibylkova, that's yeah, the one, yes. Opponent. How could I forget her lovely name? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, those two are dancing together on court, and, you know, they're having a good, having yeah, good fun. At least having a good time. But when you're into yourself doing that, or you complain that your tour is too long... Then you do it. I mean, right now, for them, they've had a few weeks, and if um, for Wozniacki to just go down to Bratislava's... But they're off to yeah. off to Asia next. They're off to play in Thailand, another exhibition. Yeah, well, that, that's starting to get a little silly. And then the Venus and Serena off to Colombia. So yeah, you I, think, know, I thought they'd already played in Colombia, and then they'll go to... Has it happened this. already, yeah. is it? Okay. Yeah. But then you think there's quite a few exhibitions, and then you've got the guys playing the exhibition in Abu Dhabi the first week of the... Yeah. What, over Christmas? But that, that's, over New that's Year's. on the way, and that's, I mean, it's so pampered, you know, it's... They do get paid huge money oh, for that as it's, well. It's massive, and they get staying in six-star hotels. Your yeah. own butler. Yeah, well, I, I I can understand that because you're playing in what Doha the next event. Yeah. So you that's, think that's like, um, yeah, it's less than an hour's flight. So that's that's, that's like Kuyong, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Less, less than an hour's flight and all that sort of thing. So not a big deal there. Uh, however, for uh, the Williams sisters to then go to uh, Colombia, to Italy, and goodness knows where else, or for uh, Wozniacki to play in uh, Europe and then go down to Asia, well. Okay, a little silly. But they should be really doing their off-season training now. Yeah, kind yeah, of have, have, their have, bodies. A rest, have a have a complete week, uh, complete week off, and um, you know, then just sort of wake up again and away we go. Okay, so that's exhibitions discussed. I think we've put the nail in the coffin there. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're going to happen regardless of the calendar short or well, longer. They can just stop bitching and moaning then afterwards. Yeah. and um, so 2011, Dave. Let's talk about the most memorable moments of this season. What would you say, off the top of your head? What for you define the season in the on the WTA and the ATP tours? And for you, what's the most memorable moment? Gee, you know, it's a tough one off the top of the head. Um, you know, 
Djokovic dominating, and then the um, then Federer coming through at the end. That's probably it uh, for me on the men's. On the blokes, uh, on the blokeettes, sorry. Um, yeah, I think uh, seeing Kvitova come through. The, the women's tour left a bit of a hollow feeling. It was a bit it, it was up a bit and down, wasn't year. it? Four different Grand Slam winners. I don't, I don't mind that so much, but it was a bit hollow. It was nice to see Stam Stosa win. It was also nice to see Sammy win over Serena Williams yeah. and not be put off by Serena just trying to intimidate her and intimidate be- everybody else. It was the best game of the year for her because she yep. had a pretty, I think, an up and down season. Yep. And But she played, I think, she played superb tennis, the best tennis yep. she can play in that final. Yeah. So, like <laughs> she was doing at the French Open when everyone thought she'd beat yep. Skivoni the year before. Yeah. So, yeah, good on her, I say. Happy to see Sam do well because a lovely person and just a down to earth person from a down to earth family and she's got big guns and she celebrated very well at Snafu Bar which fan- sounds for situation normal all if effed up, up. Yeah. <laughs> nice bar good bar fun bar what about you Tom well for me I think as you say I'm when it comes down to professionals I do like seeing consistency and you boring bastard well no they're, they're pros and it really frustrates me to see a guy win a tournament and the next week lose first round because I think what is wrong with you this is your job I don't go to work and then not turn up and do my job Monday. So seeing Djokovic... Well, you've done that. Well, maybe when intoxicated. But yeah, yeah. seeing Djokovic uh, win, was it 42 games unbeaten was or 41 games, was, I think, a real wake-up call this, this year. I really enjoyed watching him play at the highest level. Beating Nadal on clay in Rome and uh, Madrid back-to-back finals was especially good, considering Nadal had pretty much never lost those tournaments. I know Federer beat him once in in Madrid that was exceptional to see the way he did it also in Indian Wells and uh, Miami from being a set down against Nadal winning those two events back to back again is a really impressive achievement Federer has done it before and it's you know not many players win Indian Wells and Miami back to back those they're 10 10 day events yeah Um, so yeah hats off to him for that seeing Federer knock him out in Rodon Garros semi-finals was um, another highlight for me Roger played... And then seeing Federer lose him, though, semis at US, that was a low light for you. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, well, I think you, that was frustrating. But I think more importantly, him him making the final road on Garros and also putting up a good final against Nadal. He's played Nadal four times in the final there now. Yeah. And three previous finals have been poor from Roger. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it was good to see uh, Roger doing well there and obviously ending the season on a high for me. It was really nice to see and thinking that he's got a chance this year. What about that Andy Murray guy? Oh, Sorry, how did he do well, as you're his number one fan, Dave, uh, I think you'll be rooting him to win in uh, Australia. He's had a consistent season, but not a brilliant season. This year, he's got to do something at the Grand Slams. Yeah. He reached the Aussie final last year. I mean, we're saying that, you know, about a guy's reached uh, who's number four in the world. So we're saying that, no, he's no good. But, well, he is pretty good. But his potential is yeah. so much better. He, what annoys me about him, he plays superb tennis against Nadal. Yeah. Why can't he do that against the other guys? Why does he play this boring defensive tennis? Let's let them make the mistake before I do. Sure. I want to see him win those points. And he goes for it against Nadal. That double-handed backhand down the line, he just plays that shot so well. Yeah. I think Aussie Open for him is his best chance to win a slam. One other thing I think is uh, worthy of mentioning is Marina Rakovic going from ranking of 5 million up to around about 60 and also making the double semi-finals of Wimbledon as well. Nice to see her make, uh, well she made a final of her first ever tournament, it was only a small tournament, uh, WTA event, she made a semi-final, uh, you know she made the final of the ASB Classic and doubles, okay they got done, didn't matter but it was fun, people enjoyed watching her go well and people enjoyed watching Marina go from a ranking I think it was 333 yeah. up to uh, one stage uh, 60 or thereabouts and now she's about 63. 
great stuff. Lovely yeah. to see a nice person who comes from a good home. Worked hard. Very smart and has worked hard. Because mm. at one stage it was looking like doubles would be her thing and that's it. Yeah, and that's tough to get a career yeah. out of that. So let's, so let's applaud Marina. Well done, Marina. There we go. Round, round of applause. Okay. Yeah, good yeah. year. And let's hope she does well at the ASB Classic in January because uh, it'd be nice to see a Kiwi not just reach the doubles final, but may- maybe single semis. She's made, the semis. She's made the semis before. Right, final question, Dave. Um, on your favourite topic, ladies, who is your favourite female tennis player? Uh, in what sense? As a player? No. Well, favourite uh, shots? Whatever you like, whether it's player to watch physically or skillfully I do actually there is two players I do like to watch for a variety of reasons um, one of them is Sabine Lasecki because I'm friendly with her uh, she really gets into it there's a lot of emotion there and she's just a real sweet lovely person yeah she's attractive but you know she's doing really well uh, also Flavia Panetta as well again the emotion comes out on her <laughs> and she's cool she's again another really nice person to deal with those two are fun people to deal with are very good players yep. and show emotion and I think that's probably why I like them, is because they're actually really into their matches and um, and they're lovely people to deal with. Cool. I think that's a pretty good one. Sounds yeah, good to me. What about you, Tom? For me, uh, in style, it's got to be Petra Kvitova. I think the way she played the big lefty serve well, beforehand. I, I, clubs yeah, the hell out of it. I love that. Not much you subtlety. Know, don't care. I, I'm all about clubbing. <laughs> um, she was, for me... Um, Really enjoyable to watch this year, the way she played, especially in the year-end championships against Azarenka. She was great there. And um, my other favourite female tennis player, which I've probably mentioned a few times on this podcast, would be Maria Kirilenko. (laughs) I think she just adds something to the court when she plays. Yeah, she's lovely. Yeah, so shame she's not coming to Auckland, really. It would be nice to have met her. Oh, been there, done that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been the Kiwi Tennis Podcast with me, Tom Cross. And I'm Dave Worsley, and uh, thank you very much for joining us, folks. Enjoy your tennis. Yeah, have a good Christmas and New Year. This has been our final podcast of the year, and Dave's thought for the year is... Oh, crap. Oh, jeez, Tom. I need a drink. How's that? Sounds good. The Kiwi Tennis Podcast with Dave Worsley and Tom Cross.